Welcome to a special edition of Bible Study, Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. This is to just give another little tidbit, some research I was doing recently. By research, I mean listening to a podcast. So I was listening to uh, the podcast, a podcast by Michael Heiser uh, called The Naked Bible, and yeah, I, I, I recommend it as a good uh, podcast. He is a conservative Christian Bible, uh, Bible scholar, but his scholarship is solid. Uh, I rely on the scholarship itself for the, the details, and I do not uh, necessarily go with the interpretation. In fact, usually um, from conservative to liberal to non-religious to, you know, I almost always, very few Bible scholars do a sociopolitical reading or uh, read the text from a liberationist perspective. So I look for solid scholarship, not um, not whether it's conservative or liberal or anything like that. So Michael Heiser is a solid scholar. And so for the details, I would recommend him uh, if you are sort of a Bible nerd like I am. Um, anyway, but he did this one episode in his Naked Bible podcast where he talked, he did, he was looking at the, the book of Jonah. And if you've listened to this podcast, you'll realize that uh, you'll remember, or if you know anything about the, the Gospel of Matthew, you'll know that the story of Jonah is very important in Matthew. Jesus overtly refers to it twice in the Gospel of Matthew, and there is a story before that where it is alluded to. The story where Jesus and his disciples are on a stormy sea and Jesus falls asleep and has to be awakened. That is a reference that's a sort of riffing off of the story of, of Jonah, the, the book, the story in the book of Jonah. And, um, so, so the importance for Matthew is that the story in the book of Jonah is about a prophet. You know, he's he, he doesn't necessarily want to be a prophet, but he is a prophet who uh, sort of has his death and resurrection and then nonviolently conquers an empire. A lot of times modern readers don't get that because, because we don't realize that Assyria, uh, that, that Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, which was a brutal empire. It was one of the empires that oppressed Israel. It was a very brutal empire. This is a story about an Israelite prophet walking into the capital city of the Assyrian empire and bringing it to repentance through his spoken words, through his prophetic words. And before that, he has his own sort of death and resurrection, uh, being swallowed by the big sea creature. Often we say whale or big fish, the big sea creature, and then being spit back up onto the shore. Um, and in the second temple literature, the literature, uh, Jewish literature around the time of Jesus, the story of Jonah was often spoken of as death and resurrection. So, uh, so Jesus cites it. What I said earlier in the podcast is that you know, the reason Jesus says that will be the only sign that his opponents get is because that is the big event in Matthew that 
Jesus takes everything the empire can throw at him, uh, the crucifixion. They kill him with a horrible, shameful death, but he rises in victory over the empire. So he's like Jonah. He has a death and resurrection and still overcomes the empire through his prophetic word. And Jesus has many prophetic words in his teachings and his parables. And that's and he defeats the empire that way. So he so Jonah is like Jesus in that way, even if not in some other ways. Well, Michael Heiser uh, revealed to me that, and this is not just his thinking, he was drawing on other scholars. And so I found uh, another scholar that, that, that also agrees. I just read that article today. And that scholar is Scott B. Noagel from the University of Washington, wrote an article called Jonah and Leviathan, Inner Biblical Illusions and the Problem with Dragons. Um, and so this is, this is what I discovered first from Michael Heiser and then, you know, also uh, corroborated by Scott Noagel or Noagel. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right. And that is that the big fish in Jonah, often people say whale. I think maybe even some translations might even have whale, but it's not a whale. Usually it's translated big fish, but that the big fish is likely Leviathan. So not really a big fish, but more like a dragon. Because the the word that's used for it in the Septuagint, in the Greek, the ancient Greek version of Jonah, which is what the New Testament writers would have been looking at. They're looking at a Greek version, and they're writing in Greek. That Greek word uh, was sometimes used for Leviathan. But not only that, even the Hebrew word uh, is associated with Leviathan. So they go into, so if you want to look at, uh, I can't remember what number it is, but Michael Heiser's podcast on Leviathan uh, or on Jonah, you can go find that. Or uh, this article called Jonah and Leviathan, Inner Biblical Illusions and the Problem with Dragons by Scott B. Noagel. N-O-E-G-E-L. They go through the whole argument, how these words and, and a lot of the other imagery in Jonah indicate that this is Leviathan. And then that makes even more sense because Leviathan was associated both in the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament with empire. Isaiah uh, 27, 1 uh, Leviathan is, and that one, the Babylonian Empire. In Isaiah, uh, in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel twenty nine three, Leviathan is the Egyptian Empire, uh, and uh, other places. And in fact, I think in a lot of places where you have Leviathan or some of the corresponding words for like that are sometimes translated sea monster, that if you read those as as uh, stand-ins for empire for the reigning brutal empire of the day, then it's, things start just to make a lot more sense. Not in every case would you have to, you do you need to do that, but in many cases that if this is, if Leviathan or sea monster symbolizes empire, then a lot of these texts, even in the Psalms, which are less explicit in, in terms of what they're talking about, start to make a lot more sense. Um, and in in the New Testament, where Leviathan comes up is in in Revelation. And in 
in that chapter, in Revelation 12, it's not the name Leviathan that is used, but it is um, just referred to as the dragon, but the way it's described is definitely Leviathan. And that is understood as Satan, the devil. I mean, that's not just understood. He says his name is Satan and the devil, but he gives power to the beast. And then the beast, uh, you know, the image of the beast in Revelation 13 is this composite image of the four beasts in Daniel, which represent four empires, because the beast in Revelation is the Roman Empire, it's the current empire. And and as you remember, uh, in Daniel, they rise out of a stormy sea. Uh, in Revelation, they just ride out, rise out of a sea. But in Daniel, they rise out of a stormy sea. Well, well Jonah, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the big fish and all that, you know, the, the swallowing of Jonah takes place in a stormy sea. So this makes a lot more sense if that Jonah is about conquest of empire, the nonviolent conquest of empire through the prophetic word. Jonah is swallowed by Leviathan, which is empire, and then rises from the dead and conquers the empire. That is the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, Jesus is killed by the empire, uh, spends three days in the earth, metaphorically. It's not told, it's not completely three days. It's, that's, that's the symbolism because it goes back to Jonah. Um, for at least, at least that's part of the reason. And then he rises in victory. And so he has prophetically overcome the empire. And then the early church's message, the early church's activity after that is to speak prophetically to the empire and overcome the empire through the word of their testimony and because they do, do not shrink from death, as it says in Revelation, through um, martyrdom, prophetic martyrdom. Uh, and their message is the message of the cross, the message of prophetic martyrdom. That's how the empire is defeated. So uh, whether that makes sense to us or not, whether we think that really works or not in the real world, that is the message of the gospel. And that is uh, why Jonah is so much, um, is so important in the gospel of Matthew. So I just wanted to add that. That will be in any future, if I do a video series of this whole thing, or if I, uh, when I get this all into a book, that will be in there. But uh, that little piece that the big fish is Leviathan was not in this podcast series. So I wanted to add that in a little, little special episode here. Thanks for listening. Grace and peace to you and your household. Um.